is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. is gonna be great <laughs> all right good day to you all it is a wednesday so that means it is pastor adam's devotional podcast thingy whatever it is uh so recently i've had a bit of car trouble uh my radio screen backup camera that whole thing in the center console stopped working it's done it's had having nothing to do with me anymore and so I'm driving in silence, and it's not fun. It's not fun. I don't like it. I like something going on. I like to listen to something. No, not happening. And then today, to top it all off, um, driving home from picking up prescription for my daughter, and I hit something in the road. Could be a pothole. Could have been something on the road. I don't know. I don't remember seeing anything or anything like that. And I don't feel like I wasn't paying attention. But I hit it. And then I was went to the side. Then I hit it. Overcompensated. Went back. Back end slid a little more. Then I straightened it out. But something was wrong. It's very wrong. So uh, you could say that my back tire is toast. Got a big old gash in the side. Um, it's done. I got to get a new tire. And I have to get a new uh, APIM, it's called, for my radio thing. So that means I got to take the dash off, the center console, all that, to get to this one piece to change it out. So we're looking at a good chunk of change to get everything fixed. Now, I could be, I have the worst luck, this is terrible, I hate life. But I'm not, because first of all, God gave me the resources to have a car. You know, it's a lot of the world doesn't have a car. I do. I'm healthy. Nothing happened. I didn't get into a wreck today. I could have, it could have been terrible, but God is good. He is there for me. And I refused to let this bring me down. And I, what did I do? I went home. I looked at some stuff that I had sitting around that's worth some cash, posted it on Marketplace. So hopefully I get that soul. We make the money to pay for all this stuff. I don't know. But God's good. So some car trouble. Sunday, I had a little bit of a, a, a guitar trouble. Um, had a bit of a mishap on my opening song. One would call it a blooper. Uh, so I guess I kind of have to start the Devo podcast with the blooper reel. So here we go. Lord Jesus. My video team, they actually should be the ones uh, taking the brunt of this uh, blooper reel because they actually didn't start recording the service until about 10 minutes in during my second song. So that means I did the whole first song, I did all my announcements, and 
the majority of the, the second worship song before they even hit record. How dare you? How shameful. So my streaming sound engineer, who I had scheduled that day, was the one and only Will Mims. And uh, when I got done with service, uh, I said, uh, looks like I made it into the blooper reel this week. And he assured me that he heard it. He's like, oh, yeah. So I know that the blooper happened on the, on the second half of the first lead line of the first song, right? Um, but when I noticed on Monday when I went back to uh, edit the um, service, because what I do is I, I chop off the beginning, like, countdown and the end and all that stuff, and then I put it on our website and all that stuff. But I noticed it wasn't recorded. I, I texted Will and I said, service wasn't recorded until uh, the mid-second song, so I guess my guitar mishap didn't even happen. And he texted me back and he replied, because he knows we stream it live on Facebook, um, he said, uh, go, go uh, download it and take your medicine, blooper boy. That's what he said to me. Such loving friends I have. So I screen recorded my blooper and here it is. see what's embarrassing is is I actually wrote that lead line like it's not if you go listen to the passion version it's it's not in there I wrote it I, this is kind of like my arrangement of it here and for me to not even know my own line it's like come on man you could do better than that but what I think here's what I remember happening I played the beginning part the first half nailed it you know I'm like mm. then the second half of not when I'm bending that e string up I was like what happens next uh, oh, I know, but by the time I know, it's time, and I'm I'm panicking, it's frantic. Oh, I'm going to get there. And then so, I mean, I recover it all right, but those two notes in there, it's like, ugh, really? So, what can you do? Guess you could take your medicine, as Will told me to do. So, that's what I'm doing today. There it was. It happened. Anyways, let's get into the devotional. And I want to tell you, interesting, where the devotional came from this week. Uh, and that was from cutting grass and watching TV. Now, I know you're probably thinking, oh, he's going to go off on how he hates cutting grass again. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Uh, it's a whole different type of mind frame that I'm talking. Okay, so you see, I live in a developed neighborhood with an HOA. HOA had a whole devotional on that. Uh, nice house on a corner lot, pretty decent size yard. Uh, and the, the corner lot with the large yard is desirable. People want that corner lot because they don't have someone right on top of them on both sides. Because in the subdivision, you're kind of packed in there, but I got a lot of space to my right. I've got a neighbor to my left, but so it's desirable. Um, people like big yards too for activities, barbecues, get-togethers, hanging out, all of that, right? Uh, and I also have a really nice shed that matches the house. I have a fire pit. I have a big patio with a, a canopy overhang, whatever you want to call it, with ceiling fans and lights. And, and like I said, it's nice. But as I'm cutting the grass, after, by the way, picking up tons of dog poop, of course, 
I realized that this big backyard and this corner lot that I own um, is worthless. It's worthless. Because do we even use the backyard? No, we don't. Do we use the fire pit? Never. Do I use the shed? I do. And you're like, oh, cool. What do you use the shed for? To store my uh, lawnmower that I use once a week to cut the grass that we don't use. That's it. Now you might say, well, the kids probably use the backyard. No, they don't. The only ones who use the backyard are my dogs, and they use it to poop and pee and dig holes. Yay. So that, that's what we do. We have a backyard that is used as a toilet. But yet, every week, I have to spend a big portion of my day cutting it so it looks good. And why does it need to look good? For what? I don't know. The dogs aren't coming into me and be like, look, we need you to really cut the grass. It's it's getting a little out, out of there. They don't care. They don't care. They'd probably like long grass like an adventure. Now, that being said, I don't want my yard to look terrible, as I said in my previous HOA um podcast devotional thing things need to be looking good but it's done because the whole front yard even the front yard is more useless than the back uh, because anyone anytime the, the only time anyone steps onto my front yard it's me and that's just to cut the grass and it's infuriating but we bought this house oh look it's got a nice corner lot look at this yard look at the fire pit look at the shed amazing i have to have it and now I have daydreams of buying a plot of land out in the country, putting a container home on it with no yard. I'm talking, I want it either all paved or all concrete, like the whole lot. I don't want a yard. I want concrete or pavement and the house in the middle of it. And, uh, or, or I guess I could even do artificial turf, but I'm not... This whole yard thing is stupid. I don't like it. Uh, and and I'm thinking about the guys, because there's people in my neighborhood that their lawns look like golf course lawns, like straight lines, perfectly manicured and all that. And they are into it. They love it. And strangely enough, they're the same people who don't want anybody on their lawn. So they're doing all this work for nothing. Like I say, yards are useless. They're, they're dumb. And it's weird. It's weird. This whole thing is weird. So there's that. That was bugging me about the yard. And then let's talk inside. So in terms of what people are looking for in houses, everyone's, uh, everyone's after that um, open concept. I hear that term every day when we watch HGTV, right? Everyone wants an open concept. It was on my wish list too when we were buying this home. But open concept, hear me out, is terrible. I said it. It's terrible. Why? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Well, you have to op- when you have the open concept, you have everything open to each other. So like the kitchen is looking into the foyer, into the dining room, into the living room or the family room, whatever you have. Everyone can see each other. And guess what? It is fantastic for entertaining. And it's beautiful. It looks great. However, there's a drawback. And I'll tell you what it is. I can't watch anything on TV without noise. Uh, let's, I'm sitting in the living room trying to watch a show and I have someone in the kitchen opening and closing the cabinets and grabbing cups and going to the ice maker and the ice goes in there and then they're, they're rattling things around or they're 
turning the faucet on. There's always something going on in the kitchen and it's loud and it's annoying. And you might think, uh, well, when everybody goes to sleep, you surely you can watch a show in peace then. No, I can't. You want to know why? Because that's when my wife turns on the dishwasher. And for some reason, our dishwasher takes like five hours to go through a cycle. It's ridiculous. And it's loud. And I'm like, we have a nice dishwasher. I need like the top of the line if I had my, you know, the whole thing. I need a silent dishwasher. Then maybe, but still, this whole open concept is so overrated. And it's insanity to have it. Because there's always noise coming from the kitchen. But these things, like the corner lot, the yard, the large yard and the open concept, they're highly desirable. And they are added value features. And they are coveted. Coveted. Which is where we're kind of going to land today in devotional-wise, Right? Because there are a lot of things in life that we think we want, but then we get them, we're like, hmm, didn't really realize my life would be like this, having what I wanted. And God, he's probably like, yeah, I know, but no, you had to have it. So here you go. Hope you enjoy it, right? Now in scripture, it says we are not to covet. And it says in Ephesians 5, 5, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Wow. We don't want to be covetous. I I assure you that. Uh, But I think that wanting things and being a covetous person are pretty different. A covetous person in that scripture is described as an idolator, someone who puts something above God. They make an idol of something. But I also think it's safe to say that coveting things can lead to a covetous lifestyle and lead to be an idolator. I actually saw it happen. Back in the day, good old Pastor Adam was a young, fresh-faced real estate agent. And that was when the market was crazy. Uh, houses were selling day of, multiple offers, crazy money was happening. Everyone had money. They had too much money because the banks were giving out loans all willy-nilly. And that also led to the crash in 2008, by the way. But anyway, I saw firsthand the amount of money people were making in real estate, and it changed them. They went from normal, trying to make a living type of people to obsessed, obsessed by money. Everything is about making that next sale and making money. Marriages were destroyed. Families were broken. And it was all sort of justified. Well, it's just making money, selling houses was the idol. And that was what kind of led me to be like, I don't think I want to be in this. I had just gotten married and I was like, I don't, I don't really want this to happen to me. So that was my little foray into real estate. I was good at it. Like I was a part of a team. We did I think 25 million by the time, by last year there is what we were doing. But it was not for me. Anyways, you get a taste of that sweet cheese and it changes you. And that's why God gave us this scripture. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. Those who want to get rich and fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is root of all kinds of evil Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 
Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't want money. Because I do. I want a lot of it. I want to be ridiculously wealthy. I would like Jeff Bezos' money. That's what I would like. But I believe I am grounded enough in my faith to put God first. I know I would do amazing things for the church, for churches around the country with that sort of money. I would fund ministries that I believed in. I mean, in addition to the other stuff I would buy, such as, you know, guitar shoes, sunglasses, cars, a landscaping team, so that I never had to ever cut grass again a day in my life. But for the most part, I'd do good things. I'd donate a lot. Good stuff. And I say that, but I also say I saw money destroy things. Like I said, I believe I could handle it, but who knows? Maybe that's why God put me in this lowly position. I don't know. But I see people all the time just consumed with money or their hobbies slash interests. A couple of podcasts ago, I uh, talked about this car show that I was watching on TV called Street Laws, Street Outlaws, Locals Only. It's a drag race show with street cars, you know, type of thing. And these cars are mostly DIY home builds. But when they talk to them about the engines and all that stuff in it, they got over $20,000, $25,000 wrapped up in the engine. And if you win the races, they said, that, so if you go through a number of races, if you win all of them, you get $10,000. And every time they go back to them, go, what are you, you going to do with the money if you get it? They always say, it's going back into the car. So let's just take this. This, this is a, a fun hobby that someone would have. Like, I want to race cars on the weekend or do something like that. And I like cars. And maybe you, uh, you're, you, you like cars. You, you have a little mechanic know-how. You've fixed up cars in the past. You like racing. So you decide, I'm going to get into this. So you spend some money and you get a car, right? And eventually you keep pouring money into it. And so then you have to work harder to make more money to put into the car while also paying the bills and taking care of what you need to at home. Uh, and then in the meantime that you're always out in the garage working on the car because you got to get it ready for racing. And then when that happens, you're missing uh, dinners with the family. You're, you're not hanging out with them. You're, you're constantly just secluding yourself in the garage, taking care of things, and, and you're becoming distant to your family. And eventually, uh, you stop going to church because, you know, I only have a few days that I can race. And Sunday is a big race day, so sorry, uh, but I can't go to church. And then... You have be, you've put this car as an idol in front of God, and then your kids are going to see it, and they're like, well, Dad doesn't go to, uh, to church because he's always racing. I want to go with him race. I want to spend time with him. And then they don't end up going to church. It's just a whole thing that happens. So the person, you can see the person would be sacrificing his faith, um, and, and, and it becomes an idol. We have issues. Now, it doesn't have to be that drastic as a, as a race car either. It could be anything. It could be fishing. Maybe you just spend all your time fishing, all your money doing that and going on fishing trips and all that. You could be woodworking, spending all the money to do that, antique collecting, guitar collecting, not that I know anything about that. I'm just saying, there's lots of things that you can do that are good, like, like it's nothing wrong with wanting something and want something nice, but if it just you become obsessed and it keeps growing, that's where it could cause a lot of problems. Plus, sometimes, just as I discovered with my lawn and the open concept interior, many of the things that we want are overrated and not worth it. But we can't see that when we're in the midst of it, right? 
I mean, there's plenty of things that I would like to have. But I would like to think that in in my growth in my life and the years that I've been here, I have strayed away from being impulsive and buying things to thinking about it, praying about it. Um, many times there'll be something that I want, I'll see it, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I should get that. And then I'm like, you know what? I'll wait till, let me think about this. I'll, if it's back, if it's here next time I'm here, then I'll buy it. Then it's meant to be. And something happens where I just never go back. I mean, it's things like that. But we have to grow, not be so obsessed with wanting things. Wanting things can lead to destruction, and I don't want that for you because I love you all. All the people listen, I care about you. I want good things for you. That's why I do this thing. Hopefully, I can little put a little nugget of truth, something good in there that's like, you know, he isn't such a dummy after all. So that's that's kind of what I had today. Hopefully that made some sense. And, uh, and yeah, so you have a good week, and I'll see you next time.